In Exodus chapter 19, we read these words. And the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day, because on that day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. And on the morning of the third day there was thunder and lightning, and with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast, and everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire, and the smoke billowed up from it like the smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. On this Pentecost Sunday, it is my prayer that as we speak, the voice of God will answer us. That at this time when there is incredible anxiety and incredible fear and incredible frustration, that the power that God showed during the Exodus to descend in fire and to speak to his people, that this very day God would speak to us. Let us pray. Most holy and gracious God, we read in your word about the times that you descend like fire when your power is made known and manifest in our lives. And Lord, we ask that you would descend with holy fire again today. Lord, that you would purify our hearts of all unrighteousness, all prejudice, all racism, all bigotry, all hate and fear for our fellow man. And Lord, replace it with the love that we saw in your son, Jesus, a love that's sacrificial, that's kind, that's selfless. Lord, we desire to be a community of peace and reconciliation, a community of love. Because, Lord, we are convinced that it is your love that has adopted us out of slavery to sin and death and made us your children. So, Lord, we pray together now with the confidence of your children, the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture for today comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. 
When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, how are all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. We see another milestone in the life of the early church in Acts chapter 11. We read that now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. And the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. And the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. You catch that? The first place that followers of Jesus were called Christians was the first church that had a diversity of both Jews and Gentiles. This isn't something that should be lost on us. That the church took a step forward forward, that the church became more of what God desired for it to be here in Antioch, as it was no longer this cliquish group of, of Jews here and this cliquish group of Gentiles here, but together they embraced the fullness of the body of Christ there in Antioch. Yeah, I encourage you here, here for a moment. Um, we've all been on different spiritual journeys that have led us to this point. And my hope is that each of us have, uh, at some season in our life, learned something significant, have had a significant spiritual experience uh, with someone who has a different background than us. Um, so what I want you to do is, in uh, the group that you're sitting with now, here for just the next minute, um, I want you to share the story of how God uh, spoke into your life through someone who is different than you. Um, go ahead and do that now, and, and we'll come back in a minute. One of the defining moments in my spiritual life is when uh, a homeless man who uh, happened to be black challenged my assumptions of what it meant to be in service to him. And what he taught me was that what he needed more than anything else, what he deserved more than anything else, was for me to share a meal with him. He, he, he didn't need, need me to serve him. He needed me to know him. 
He needed me to humble myself to get off my great white hope high horse and to sit down and share a meal with him, to hear how God had actually been working in his life and not to assume that I had somehow been this important figure. My hope is that we all have stories like this. That we all have stories where God surprised us through the, the life and testimony of someone who's different than us. At the Passover table with his disciples, Jesus gives them these words of promise. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus goes on to say that his peace he leaves with us. That the advocate, that the Holy Spirit will lead us into the truth. That we don't have to be afraid We don't have to be afraid. We live in a world that can be a fearful place. A world that has given us a false impression about who is a stranger and who is a friend. We live in a world that has told us it's us and them. Trust us, distrust them. Listen to us, fear them. But this is not the teaching of Jesus. Uh, the teaching of Jesus is that, yeah, we need to be wise, that we don't accept everything that's told to us by everyone. But even if we determine that someone is speaking falsely, that doesn't make them our enemy. Even if we determine that, that someone has different goals than us, that doesn't make them our enemy. What the Bible tells us is that God is on a gospel mission to bring all people from all nations, every tribe and tongue, into the blessed community. There is no, there is no tribalism within the body of Christ. It's not the sort of thing where the hand can tell the foot, I have no use of you. And I think sometimes we can unfairly judge parts of the body that are hurting in ways that we don't understand. Which is kind of ridiculous when I think about it. I mean, if you were to smash your pinky finger in the car door and, you know, you went and put ice on it, it would be ridiculous for your nose to say, oh, 
That is completely ridiculous that your pinky finger gets ice. The pain of one part of the body shouldn't be judged by another part. I mean, the reality is at no point in my life when someone has been mean to me or unfair to me or treated me like a jerk, have I ever had to ask the question, I wonder if they treat me that way because of the color of my skin. Yet this is a question that if we listen to our brothers and sisters in this country who are black, that they are asking all the time. So as we think about what is our proper response to our brothers and sisters in Christ, to members of our body who are hurting deeply, trying to determine what is legitimate and illegitimate about their pain is not going to be helpful. It, it's, it's not the way we were designed to operate as the body. But in this season, we can simply acknowledge the deep, deep pain. We can simply choose to love the full body, whether we understand or not. This is not the story I wanted to tell on Pentecost Sunday. I wanted to tell the story of a world where there's greater clarity, where there's less cultural strife, where the body of Christ is united. But that's not the world we've been living in this week. It's uh, incredibly poignant that, that this Pentecost story comes to us this week where it feels like Pentecost has come undone. God in his wisdom and in his grace has invited churches all across the United States today to remember the promise of Pentecost. That the Holy Spirit is being poured out on all flesh. That the dysfunction of Babel is coming undone. That there can be clarity and no more confusion between the cultures. That the entirety of the body of Christ can live in harmony, can learn to appreciate the gifts that God has given us. And the question becomes, where do we begin? Because Ending systematic racism is beyond the purview of any of our job descriptions. But I think something that we all can do 
is we can decide in our hearts to move about the world a little differently. To choose to smile at strangers. To choose in our heart of hearts to see people who we don't know, not as a threat or as the enemy, but as a child of God, as part of the body of Christ. And this is a small step, but it's a step we can actually take. It's a step we can actually commit ourselves to in order to bring about the sort of revolution that we see happen in the book of Acts. Where diverse groups who had been at odds with each other find unity in Christ. Where the name Christian takes on its meaning. May our Lord Jesus Christ go near you to defend you, go above you to bless you, go behind you to forgive you, go before you to guide you, and live within you so you can love one another. He lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and even forevermore. Amen.